0: Welcome everybody. We're glad to have you with us today. Welcome those of you joining us online. Hello, hello. We're going to continue on in a series we're doing called Imager and Training. I did a big intro to this a couple of weeks ago, so I don't want to spend all this time on the intro again, but go back and look for the connections that... Our vocation once again. It was stolen from us, you know, in the fall, um, where we were to be image bearers. We we heaven and earth met there in creation and God put his image in the temple and that was us. And we were to reflect, reflect the image of God to one another into the world. Stolen at the fall, restored at the cross. So we're once again vocationally, that's our what we do. We reflect the image of, of God to one another into the world. So we're looking at that. We've also tied in the beatitudes now. Back into Exodus and the giving of the ten words and, and how messed up that got because it was all a love thing. And now in the Beatitudes, Jesus is demonstrating once again what this life looks like. We're filled with the Spirit, followers of Jesus, what's supposed to be happening. And the Beatitudes... There, there, there's sort of a way for us to look and see how we're doing. Those things should be happening in us as people fill with the spirit. And so it's for me, it's just a good way to see, well, is that what's what it looks like in my life or am I missing it somehow? And I check in. We're on the third beatitude today. Blessed are the meek for they will inherit the earth. And uh, I'm looking forward to hopping in and that with you together. So that's what we're going to do before that happens. I got to tell you a few bad jokes. Oh, these are groaners, too. I'm so excited. I'm going to I'm going to start collecting highlighters. Mark my words. This one Well, well, to be frank, I'd have to change my name. That's what I would have to do. That's a bad one. It's such a dad joke. I don't know why I like it so much. Did you hear about the skydiver that crashed into the Ferris wheel? Good news, he's slowly coming around. Alice come, please. Pray for us. Lead us in the scripture. Rescue me from this place that I put myself.
1: You should have just let James preach.
0: I should have. Or, if I was smart, I would have just stopped after those right. smiles and after been done.
1: Because okay. I had them. <laughs> okay, Frank, thank you so much. <laughs> had to redeem that joke. It was so bad. Okay, kids, let's run to Papa, shall we, before we read the word? Oh, Daddy, we just come to you with hearts full of thanksgiving, with hearts that are getting ready. Lord, teach us. Teach us more today. Keep us humble and keep us teachable. Father, with hearts open to you, with open to all the possibilities that you have for us. Father, help us to be a people whose lights shine for you, whose cry every day is, less of us, more of you. Father, I thank you for every person here, every family represented here. Lord, just bless them all. In Jesus' name, amen. Will you stand, please, for the reading of the word? The text today is out of the book of Psalm, in Psalms, chapters 1 through 11. Do not fret because of those who are evil, or be envious of those who do wrong. For like the grass, they will soon wither, and like green plants, they will soon die away. Trust in the Lord and do good. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. Take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. Commit your way to the Lord and trust in him and he will do this. He will make your righteous reward shine like the dawn. Your vindication like the noonday sun. Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for him. But the meek will inherit the land and enjoy peace and prosperity. Blessed be the word of God. You can be seated.
0: One of my friends came up to me after the last service and said, I'll have to go back and listen to that service because all I could think of as you were reading those verses were a song from Rush. <laughs> Twenty-one, twelve, and the meek shall inherit the earth. How many of you know what I'm talking about? Boom, 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 boom. So let's just get that out of your system right now, so that you can pay attention. And some of you are too old for that, and some of you are too young for that, and that shocks me. <laughs> Ah, Why do we read the 37th Psalm when we're talking about the third beatitude? Because Jesus is actually paraphrasing the 37th Psalm at this moment. And this will happen. Oftentimes you will see a phrase that's brought in. And what would have been understood by everybody that was hearing it is, oh, he's talking about the 37th Psalm right now. And that's what he was doing. Blessed are the meek, for they will inherit the earth. And that was the big part of what we just read in this 37th Psalm. So uh, this week what I'm going to do is we talk about the Beatitude. One of your homework things this week will be I want you to really spend some time in the 37th Psalm. Powerful Psalm. See where it leads you. I'll talk to you more about that in just a moment. But let's deal with this first idea is uh, what does it mean to be meek? What is meekness? I think um, we have... Um, We probably misunderstand that a lot of times when we first read it, Um, maybe just because the way it sounds, we think, oh, that's like weakness or something. And we we don't culturally sort of like that term. Um, Meekness, what I'm going to show you today, what meekness is, meekness is a sort of the place where humility and gentleness meet in our lives. Um, years ago, I defined it for a lot of folks, and they remembered it. People were coming up and saying, "I remember you defined this for me before as, as strength under control." That's that's kind of the idea, but it's it's the idea of. Humility and gentleness. And so as we're sort of reading through the Beatitudes so far, we're, we're, you know, we've, we come to deal with the first one that we're broken, you know, and then we're, we're looking to the second one and we realize that in our own strength, we, we can't make it. Um, but then we talked about we have Holy Spirit in us now who leads and guides and he's moving us in that direction. Um, and, and that as we understand this, we, we can then really start to become the people that God created us to be and live in the way that he intended for humanity to live. And so, so this idea of meekness is really important that we get a hold of. This idea of humility and gentleness. Do you, do you understand that for many of us, that's not one of our go-to places? Humility and gentleness. The, I would say it's the opposite. And so, this is important that, that this is what we're to be reflecting into the world. These are the things that we're to be reflecting of God. And it's this idea of gentleness and humility in our lives and and so as we get a hold of this some of the things that happen when we really get a hold of this we realize that god's in control and we can trust him and we begin to settle in that and really allow holy spirit to lead and to guide us Um, we we do become the people that he created us to be and we can stop striving in our own strength to try and get there and we start thriving in him and uh and after those first two Beatitudes, when I talked to years ago, I had been talking about the Beatitudes and somebody came up to me and what they got from my description of those first two Beatitudes. They said, So what you're saying is that we're a we're a beautiful mess. And I'm like, that's exactly what I want you to get a hold of today as we get into this one. We're a beautiful mess we're we're, we're beautiful because of what Jesus has done for us. But we're a mess because we still are. And yet we're God's beautiful mess. And that's really important. And so one of my favorite pictures to see what meekness looks like is in John 13. And, and Jesus, who's our model for life and ministry, he's going to show us again what this looks like. And most of you will know this from this, this, um, this powerful picture that's happening when Jesus washes his disciples' feet. And so let me read this to you. It was just before the Passover festival. And Jesus knew that the hour had come for him to leave this world and go to the Father. Having loved his own who were in the world, he loved them to the end. The evening meal was in progress and the devil had already prompted Judas, the son of Simon Iscariot, to betray Jesus. Jesus knew that the Father had put all things under his power and that he had come from God and is returning to God. Very important that, just as I stop there, is that Jesus knows who he is, settled in his mission, has all those things going for him. He's got that. It's really important that we get that. So he got up from the meal, took off his outer clothing, and wrapped a towel around his waist. And after that, he poured water into a basin and began to wash his disciples' feet, drying them with a towel that was wrapped around him. And he came to Simon Peter, who said to him, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? And Jesus replied, you don't realize now what I'm doing, but later you will understand. No, said Peter, you should never wash my feet. And Jesus answered, unless I wash you, you have no part with me. Then, Lord, Simon Peter replied, not just my feet, but my hands and my head as well. And Jesus answered, those who have had a bath need only to wash their feet. Their whole body is clean. And you are clean, though not every one of you. For he knew who was going to betray him. And that was why he said, not every one That you should do as I have done for you. Very truly, I tell you, no servant is greater than his master, nor is a messenger greater than the one who sent him. Now that you know these things, you will be blessed if you do them. Now, if you can see what Jesus is doing here and you can live it out, you'll be blessed. Remember I said that one of my favorite definitions now of blessed is on the right path. You'll be on the right path if you can see what this looks like. So so this is this amazing picture of what's happening, and um, I don't know if you've ever thought about it before, but but this whole idea of who you are is really important. So, as I said, Jesus knew who he was, he knew what he was supposed to be doing, and he was very settled in that. And what you need to get from that, first off, is it very important that you know who you are in him and that you're settled in it. And let me tell you again, you're his beloved, you're his child, you're the apple of his eye, the scripture said you're his his, uh, his workmanship, his poema is the word. You're his poem. You're his work of art. You're, you're his beautiful mess. And he loves you. And you need to settle in that. It's not about how hard we perform or any of those other things. It's about who he is and he loves his kids. And so, you know, it's not like we take a pass. Well, that means I can do whatever I want. No, we're, we're pushing in. We're lead, you know yielding to the Holy Spirit so he can press on. But you have to be settled in who you are in him. You're his child. He loves you. Filled with the Holy Spirit. Beautiful mess. It's an amazing place for us to be. And that's the picture. But what also is going on during the Last Supper is that there's this little struggle happening. And and so it's kind of voiced by Peter. I'm going to go back to there. He comes to Peter uh, and he says, Lord, are you going to wash my feet? And Jesus says, you don't realize now what I'm doing, but later you'll understand. No, no. He said, I don't want you to wash my feet. And Jesus said, unless I wash you, you have no part of me. So what's going on there? What was what was the struggle? Well, what we know From another gospel account of what's happening is that at that point in time of the Last Supper, very important meal. This is Jesus' sort of last time before the cross that he's going to spend with them, and he's it's a big deal, and he's trying to let them know what's coming, and they're not taking it in. But what they're doing is they're having an argument around the table about who's the greatest. Now, and Last Supper, too, get a different picture, because too many people have this picture of the Last Supper, of the one that, you know, Da Vinci painted, uh, where everybody's on one side of the table, you know that? And really, all that happened there was Jesus says to him, Hey, anybody who wants in the picture, get on this side of the table. That's all that was going on. <sighs> wow. Wow. It's just his, you know, that's how he pictured it. Fifteen hundred years after it actually happened. Don't think that's what it looked like. They would have been reclined on the floor, leaning on an elbow, feet extended in a big circle. And Jesus is there with them. And he knows it's an important time. And the guys are actually having a discussion about who's the greatest. And why that's important is that what would have been part of this meal was that when you came to the table like that, they would have washed their hands and stuff, but their feet would have needed to be washed and And normally, what would take place is that there would be a servant, the lowest of the servants would come, and, and before they ate every, they would all the feet would be washed there around the circle, and they 'd all be at the end, and that 's what was going to happen well the the basin is there, and the water is there, and the towel is there, but what 's not there is who 's the lowest servant here and they 're arguing about it who 's the greatest and and so they're, none of them are going to pick up the Basin in the towel because they don't, they're not settled in who they are. And they're arguing about it. Who's the greatest? That's the discussion. Peter's like, Well, I ain't doing I know it ain't me. And John and James are in there and they're all, they're all in there doing it. So who jumps up? Jesus. The one, and he looks at me and says, You understand. What do you, you know, I'm teacher and Lord, right? I, you know, you're getting who I am now. This is what you need to learn. This is what it's all about. It's not about striving for position, it's about partnering with jesus and doing what needs to happen because that's where you find life so jesus is the one that hops up and that's what peter is saying oh no no not you lord in fact you're messing this whole thing up we're making a point here we're trying to figure out who's the greatest and who's the least and, and you're messing the deal up and jesus is all wrong here's what it looks like see the dispute it's right there dispute arose among them as to which of them was considered to be greatest And Jesus messes that up because that's who Jesus is. And he demonstrates what this is supposed to look like. What meekness looks like. Don't ever question Jesus' humility, gentleness, and strength. Just settled in who he was. And he wants us to be settled in who we are in him so that we can step into what needs to be happening in our life instead of being so worried about what everybody else thinks or whatever, you know, or what do we even with all of those messes? How do you ever wonder how many amazing things you've missed because you thought, well, somebody should ought to do that, but it's not me. And you've just totally missed a movement of God in people's lives because you were me. Always step in, be listening. This is part of the deal. This is what meekness looks like. It's a gentleness, it's a humility, and, and we can step into situations because we're settled in the love of God and, and we, we can move into uh, all of life with that in mind. And so knowing who you are in him just allows you to be settled to the, and freed to the place where you can really experience the full and abundant life he came for you to have. So that's the idea of meekness. And the promise that goes with it is that we'll inherit the earth. Pretty cool promise. And, and you know, what's going on with that? And... I would say that this is where it gets very counterculture, which Jesus would do, because culturally, I think, we're, we kind of think in terms of power, ability, self-promotion, aggressiveness. If it's going to be, it's up to me. We're going to push, 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 and that's the people that make it happen. That's how people are successful. But really, Jesus is saying the opposite. He's saying, look, what you need to do is, is you need to just press in into your relationship with me, and, and let me lead and guide. And that's where you're going to find life. And he gives us some ideas in the psalm. This is what Jesus was calling how to do it. And and so let, I want you to look at Psalm 37. There's a lot of these. I'm going to give you some ideas. The, the first thing that we need to do and make sure we're doing is trust in the Lord. Trust in the Lord, it says in verse 3. And do good, do the next right thing. Dwell in the land and enjoy safe pasture. When you think about when you see things about pasture, it should connect you with Jesus being our good shepherd, and what it means. You know, maybe you'll go from there and read Psalm twenty-three, and you'll start to drink in some of the goodness that's coming. He's what He's doing. So it's but but it's it's always about us trusting the Lord. That's where we're going to find life. We're going to trust in Him. He's bigger than our circumstance. He's bigger than. I, I said this last week. I'm going to say it again. I'll probably say it next week. Don't underestimate how big your God is. Amen. Uh, too many people are making God like really small. And I just keep wanting to say, God is so big. And you can trust him. And he He is not pacing heaven going, hmm, I didn't see that coming. <laughs> what do we do now? If that's your idea, it's he is... He's God. He's the Creator of all things. Father, Son, Holy Spirit, never wavering for a moment, has filled you, will lead you, and guide you. You can trust Him. You don't need to be afraid. You don't need to have anxiety. You just need to look up instead of to the left or the right. Look straight up. Trust in Him. That's where you find life. Trust. You trust, and you delight. The Psalm says, God. Delight in God. I, my, I hope you're thankful for him all the time. In the midst of everything, be thankful. There's always things to be thankful for. Your delight is in him. Take delight in the Lord and he will give you the desires of your heart. How amazing is God? He knows the desires of your heart. And, and there's this shift that happens in the kingdom. When you quit making the desires of your heart your primary focus and you make God your primary focus, he takes care of the desires of your heart. That's how he operates really cool blessing but you have to delight in him and what he's doing you have to commit yourself to him and uh, you know he says commit your way to the Lord trust in him and he will do this and the this he's going to do is he'll make your righteousness shine like the dawn the justice of your cause like the noonday sun that's what it says he will do this we're going to talk more about righteousness next week very cool that's the next beatitude to will tie in really well but this idea of committing yourself to the Lord it's not just that first time when we give our lives to Jesus, it's, it's every day when we decide in the beginning of the day, Jesus, I'm going to follow you. And then if you're like me, it's two and a half minutes later. <laughs> When I've started to go my own way again, Uh, you know, as I move into things and I picked everything back up and I go, no, Jesus, I want to do it your way. And it's again and it's again. But I continue to commit my life to him because I know where that's life is. I want to do it your way, not my way, your way. God, will you help me in this process and we commit our ways to him so that it's his righteousness that wells up in us and we find rest so big because I just so much unrest right now. I would just say that's sort of a thing that's over unrest. And, and yet in God we have rest and we have peace. The psalmist goes on and says, Be still before the Lord and wait patiently for Him. Don't fret when people succeed in their ways, when they carry out their wicked schemes. Just settle in who He is and who you are in him. And the, the psalmist goes on and he says something about us then inheriting the earth or inheriting the land and knowing peace in the land. And, and you know, what, what does that exactly mean? It, what it means is this. When you settle in who you are, when you know that you're walking with Jesus, filled with the Holy Spirit, you know the promises that you have, you know what your future holds, you know that he's with us now and, and that all of it somehow has begun now, you understand it's a fallen world and a broken planet and there's a big mess, but, but your life isn't found in, in circumstances your life is found in living for him and you can trust him to take care of you you don't have to strive you 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 can be at peace in him and you don't need to be afraid of anything that's going on right now you inherit this this the earth its land and its peace and the who God is and what he's doing in you and that's what you need to take and that's where you need to stand because that's where you find life next week we're going to be looking at the blessed are those who hunger and thirst for righteousness, for they will be filled or satisfied. I like that the people that are hungry and thirsty are filled. That's really cool. And I think you'll enjoy that as well. But that's good for today. Alice, my love, why don't you come? Let's pray. And then we'll we'll dismiss. Papa, we are grateful. We are thankful for who you are. And your amazing love for us. And I pray that we would be able just to settle in who we are in you. On how cool it is to be a, a beautiful mess. And Papa, would you let your peace come? And and I I want to I want to there's there's many of you that there's just this been this anxiety that's hanging on you, and you you just feel like you. It's kind of always lingering. And I just want to encourage you to just breathe in the Lord and exhale that anxiety. I just have this picture of you just taking a deep breath. And that's all him. And then as you let go, that's all this other mess. And just keep thinking about that. And, and that's where life is for you. It's found in him, knowing that you can trust him, knowing that he's good. Alice. Amen.
1: Good word. Um, Pastor Georgina texted me this morning, and she had a word for someone that um, she's doing a Bible study in the book of Elijah. And you can go on our website and join it if you'd like. But she had a really good word. And it's it's out of 1 Kings 17, specifically verses 3 and 4. But it's when Elijah is goes to the Kareth ravine or the Kareth brook and he's refreshed. He's completely refreshed and it's right before he goes and does a lot in his ministry. Read the whole chapter if you'd like, but this is her word. She says, in this season of drought, maybe you feel like you're in a season of drought, you will drink from the brook. The careth ravine. You will not lack as God, because as God provided for Elijah, he will also provide for you. So I would encourage you to just read that whole chapter. And then I have one, I had a couple this week as I was praying about what God wanted me to say. And these are just words of knowledge that anybody can get. And they're to make his people draw closer to him, to know that he sees you. Sometimes we need that. Sometimes we need a little somebody with skin on and so he he told me this week this is for a pilot and his word is you're in a holding pattern in your life and you'll know the depth of that meaning because you're a pilot but it's for safety and it's for protection and his verse for you is out of isaiah chapter 40 verse 31 and it's But those who hope in the Lord will renew their strength. They will soar on wings like eagles. They will run and not grow weary. They will walk and not be faint. I just had one more, and this is for a young lady somewhere. There's something in your life that broke this week, a precious memento. And I think it was your grandma's, I'm not sure. But the Lord... Lord wants you to know that he sees you. He doesn't want you to be upset about that. He wants you to focus your eyes on what is unseen rather than what is seen. Because what is unseen is eternal and what is seen is temporary. And that's 2 Corinthians chapter 4. But he sees you and he's with you and he loves you. Amen.
0: Amen. Amen. Good. Thank you so much. Everything starts by knowing Jesus. That's all I, that's all I have to keep telling you all of this. You need to love Jesus, follow Jesus, find life in Jesus. And it starts by Jesus, will you be my Lord and Savior? It's realizing what he's done for us at the cross and all that that means and what the gospel is. And then and then we believe in our hearts, we confess with our mouths, Jesus, will you be my Lord? Jesus is my Lord. And so if you've never done it, do it right now. Jesus, will you be my Lord and Savior? If you're watching online, Jesus, will you be my Lord and Savior? And if you do that for the first time, please let me know so I can celebrate with you. And, and uh, the way to do that is text the word heart to that number, three zero five seven four five seven five one three, and then I will know, and uh, that will be great. Thank you again, church, for your amazing generosity, your faithfulness, your giving, your tithing, your offering. Thank you, thank you, thank you. There's some ways to do it, mailing it uh, digitally, however you want to do it. There's also offering boxes here, here, and two by the door. For those of you here on your way out, that's there for you. And let's sing doxology. Praise God from whom all blessings flow. bless and keep you. May his face shine upon you. May he be gracious to you and give you peace. Go today in the peace, the power and the love of God. God bless you all. Thank you for being here as you go. Please go out these doors so you don't have to touch anything. Give people lots of room. Looks like a pretty day. There's candy for the kids on the way out after you have celebrated Valentine's Day. Go out, have some fun, catch some fish and uh, hope your team wins. God bless you guys. We'll see you soon. Happy Valentine's Day, everybody. God bless you. Thanks for watching. Don't forget that Psalm 37. Check it out this week. I think you'll be blessed as you do. God bless
1: you all. We'll see you soon. Love you. you. Bye-bye.
0: Thanks for watching today's service from Keys Vineyard Community Church. Make sure to like us on Facebook and subscribe to us on YouTube. For more information, log on to keysvineyard.com. We'll see you next time.